morning and welcome to Breakfast with Ben. Father Ken here. I'm so glad that you've taken time today to join us to discuss collectible finance. Here at the Ban Arbitrage Network, we combine data and experience to help you understand the world of collectible finance. Today, we're going to be looking at a couple of different things within the world of MTG finance. Number one, tournament play is developing very well, and it's pushing a lot of growth that's happening within the market, as well as Streets of New Capenna commanders are finally driving sales very heavily right now, and we're glad to be able to watch some of that. Some of the things that are happening in the world of MTG events and some of the upcoming announcements that we need to watch for really has to deal with the tournament bumps and bruises that we're starting to see happen across the, across the world. If you take a look at what's gone on over this past weekend, there was a time where two players reported to win a, a round, and we both know that doesn't happen. That being said, tournament organizers are trying to figure out the best way to manage those situations. Wolf, you wanted to add a couple of things that were going on? Yeah, I just wanted to mention uh, mainly about just TCG Player and what they've kind of been doing, because I'm a little bit obsessed with that website, having just, yeah, spending a lot of my time there. Uh, but something uh, of particular note that is just kind of a shift in their marketing, TCG Player is doing, and TOA was the one who pointed this out, is that they're starting to refer to direct inventory as their own inventory, which is true. And I think it's just going to make some sellers a little angsty, but it's just something to take note on and how they're uh, going to be basically pitching the direct campaign going forward. They're also leveraging a lot on trying to get people to subscribe. They did that promotion a while back, and now anytime when you go to TCG Player's main page, um, they have a little pop-up that basically tries to get you to learn more. And if I, uh, this is a total guess, but I'm betting that they're starting to do A-B testing for the first time, which is going to be really fascinating because TCG Player's if that's true, that would mean they're starting to act like uh, some of the, the, the big boys in the industry of e-commerce. So uh, hopefully, I, I pray for their sake, because I know they're a technology company, that they're testing the, the pros and cons of having that little pop-up on the main page and its success and failure rate. But it's just interesting to see them transition into becoming a more established company. Yeah, that's, that's going to be very important in the coming weeks and months. They are realizing that the vast majority of their market is people who would want to buy one or two cards at a time, but don't want to pay the shipping on it. So in the past, we've always marketed our cards here at, at BAN, either on the $4.99 template or on the, on the free shipping template. And so being able to, to figure that out and then also to be able to figure it out in the coming weeks and months as we see people more engaged in buying cards individually one on you know one card at a time and having that shipped to them that that's going to make us adapt to the market even quicker that's going to be something that we'll need to do some of the other things that we're looking at is that spoiler season is still continuing for Baldur's Gate and speaking of EDH I forgot to introduce Wit how are you doing Wit I'm so hurt. I'm not being introduced in the first five minutes of the podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, I'm actually in great spirits because I am drinking my cold brew. So, Ooh. yeah. I was like, you know what? Summertime, might as well start doing cold brews instead of not so cold brews. And yeah, it's a good way to start the morning. And mm. I'm doing good. Everything's good. Going to get married about less than two months. That's Ooh. always a good thing. 
So you were taking a look at some of the cards across the across MTG Finance, and you've come up with one that I think is is very important. Ah, you talking about the Durgan? I'm talking about the Durgan. Yes, Gold Span Dragon. We are seeing some movements, and it's looking pretty nice. For those who are paying attention in the new set, we are seeing a lot of love for treasures, which is something we've seen from Capenna. Now we're obviously here in Baldur's Gate. We're seeing more and more love for treasure, and Goldspan Dragon is one of those cards that benefits greatly from it. And not only that, but Goldspan Dragon is also getting love because, well, it's a Durgan. Like I said, Durgans go roar. And yeah. there is, you know, in Dungeons and Dragons, you have dungeons which is that's where the treasures come in you have dragons which is where the dragons come in i know this sounds kind of ridiculous but let's be real like the more that we see spoilers coming out the more goldspan dragon just becomes more and more lovable i mean that's it even i mean honestly it's interesting because we saw it get reprinted in the challenger deck which it did financially hinder it for a brief amount of time but we're still seeing movement on it we're still seeing it going ticking up because people need their copies whether it's for edh or for more competitive formats and also because of that academy manufacturer also is looking very very amazing because again anything with treasures it'll be good what are you guys thoughts i think goldspan is a fantastic card for any dragons based deck or any deck that would really want treasures you know this is an edh staple now for combo decks which is i think fantastic yeah it's just it's just straight good stuff and a couple of themes and those themes one is getting massive support as we go along and though i think treasure should only be red and white now everybody gets it but this just fits into pretty much anything that has a treasure theme or sub theme and dragons are always going to be popular so it's just it gets a lot of baseline love and Sales data has been quite high on this card for a while, and I don't necessarily expect that to go down, especially with the release of Balder and, again, those cards we've been seeing the spoilers for. And then I'll go ahead and wager that in the next set after that, we'll still have some form of treasure sub-theme, whether that's in the Commander product or uh, in the set itself. So it doesn't seem to be anything stopping this guy right now. I would also say the buy list backing is actually not too bad as well, especially if you're buying from the European markets. Because I think right now, Card Kingdom, I think their buy list is like 13 and a half. TCG players, trade-ins like 16. So there is just a lot going for this card. Yeah, I mean, even if you go in just with like three or four copies, you're still probably going to come out ahead in the end. I agree. So speaking of EDH, though, I believe we have another card that is kind of supported by Commander. I'm not sure. I believe that is you, Wolf. Yeah. Get a card? Yeah. Yeah, this is... I'm going to feel dirty for this because I'm going to be quoting EDH rec numbers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're I literally so have to forgive me in the show notes. Woo. As long as you use the data appropriately. And there's a reason for it, too. But uh, the card that I want to discuss is Takanuma, the Abandoned Mire. This is the Black Kamigawa land in the uh, channel land cycle. I put it in the Viseju cycle just because it's crushing it. This has sold something like 1,800 copies and has bridged the gap between where it was and the other lands in that cycle. So I was kind of interested because I know I mentioned the red one of maybe a couple months back now. Time is weird. Um, we all know that Beseju, the green one, is absolutely phenomenal. The Odawara and the red one were getting a little bit of like pioneer modern play, basically testing it out. 
The white one I haven't seen, but I wouldn't doubt it as well. The interesting thing is that this black one does not show up in pretty much any competitive format that we can see data on, except maybe standard, but who cares about standard? So I went over to EDHREC to try and see, okay, is there any, you know, where is the demand for this coming from? And it's the third ranked on EDHREC in the cycle. 35k decks for the uh, green one, 28 for the blue one, Odawara, and then 24k for the black one. And just to finish out the cycle, there's 20k for the white and 13k for the red. And even though, you know, the red and the white, I think, are, are just clearly the weakest ones, uh, and even though the white one is relatively close in EDH demand for Takanuma, I don't think the price point for this card is at all settled. I think especially the amount of kind of just speculation at the current price point. I definitely don't think it's as good as the blue, or it might be as good as the blue, but definitely not, you know, as Beseju. But I think there's a good deal of growth potential for this card as we go forward. And the sales data is already there for people buying in at its current price point. There is, uh, I would say, a healthy amount of speculation going on, but this is one that is definitely moving. Ken, I know you, you called this out a couple months ago, right? Yeah, I really liked it in dredge decks, but I'm I'm just looking across the dredge data for the past couple of months. It's not seeing playing in any of the dredge decks in modern. I doubt that would it would see any play in legacy as well, just because of that. But it's such a it's such a good enabler for the graveyard. Let's let's say that somebody exiles your graveyard. You take care of you take care of whatever is exiling your graveyard. You start dredging again right away just by channeling this and it just creates more and more opportunities for the graveyard to get back in play. Well, and also not to mention in commander, it's just fantastic as well, because it's not, there's no punishment of like, cause a lot of the lands that will do stuff, stuff that's kind of unique usually come into play tapped. This does not. I mean, I can say this also for each of the, uh, each of the channel lands, but yeah, I mean, this one is just it's a straight up home run. I just like it. I like it quite a bit. Yeah, I would call I would call it pretty much a staple for black decks for the most part, mm-hmm. unless of course you're like going for like all out basic lands with Cobalt Coffers. Yeah, I like the I like the version that looks like you're in a a swamp with with a whole bunch of ladybugs or lightning bugs rising up out of the swamp. That's the that's the art that I like the best. But there's three different arts for this, and you know you can just pick the one that you like the most. That's true. So one of the cards that is seeing a lot of splash within uh, EDH is Giada Font of Hope. This is really a, a card that is that I didn't think was was going to happen. And finally, we have a Tribal Angels deck that is pushing angels like we've never seen before. Youthful Valkyrie is is seeing a bunch of movement. We're seeing Sarah the Benevolent, the Planeswalker, finally see some movement in that card as well. It's it's moving cards like like Lyra Dawnbringer, which I thought had stabilized at a specific price, but is actually seeing more price gain in that card as well. One of the cards that kind of enables this a little bit more is Smuggler Share. This is the white card draw. Smuggler Share took the took a price from from about twenty dollars US to about fifty, and has settled back down to thirty five. But it's really important to to be aware of this card. Because it's it's going to be a card that matters in the coming weeks and months. The card that I think is most interesting is if you can still find it for under ten bucks is Amiria the Sky Rune. 
And, and this is a direct enabler for Giada because what it does is it allows you to recur from the grave every single turn. And it allows you to put a, an angel from your graveyard into play, trigger Giada, get the counters, make it happen. I, I, think it's, I think it's pretty cool across the board that Giada Font of Hope is actually driving a lot of prices throughout the U.S. for the support cards. Not as a card that we want to buy into, but a card that we want to build around for tribal angels. So it's a lot of what I've been thinking about, a lot about what I've been looking at as far as MTG Finance this past week. Yeah, I'll be honest, like on the, on the list of cards that you just mentioned, I think Smuggler Share is especially one that me personally, I'm a bit surprised on. Because I'll be honest, at first glance, when I saw this card uh, being spoiled, when it was brought out, I thought this was going to be another one of those white cards that was just way overhyped mm-hmm. i'm trying to think what's the one the it was a card i think it was a strict it was a strict haven pre-con that was like whatever monologue tax there we go someone helped me in the chat there yeah i thought this was another monologue tax where it was like wow this just looks so amazing and that's only because it's white and i was thinking this would hit down to ten dollars but looking at this card again it's fin- it's actually way more solid than i thought because on the one side, you your opponent has to do things for it to trigger, but it's kind of hard to avoid it. And then furthermore, this is also a card that doesn't have a stipulation of, you know, you know, like a lot of the white cards have only if they have more lands than you or only if they have more cards in hand than you or whatever else. This is a card that straight up says you draw a card if your opponent drew two or more cards and then treasure token if your opponent played down two or more lands. So, so I would say for that card, I would say it was not just angels. It's everything else, but of course, you know, the fact that we have a mono white angel commander that's quite good, definitely want to watch out for. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I really like about this white tribal deck is that it's pushing all those white cards that we didn't think about for such a long time. And now people are rediscovering them. Maybe you've got some sitting in a binder somewhere. Go in, grab them, play them out. You know, get ready because people are going to be buying these, buying up all the support cards for this one EDH deck because they don't have it because nobody plays mono white in EDH unless you want to lose. So, <laughs> for mono white, they they're trying their best. They are. So, what cards across the board have we been seeing movements on, gentlemen? Uh, oh, I'll go first on this. I think this was a card. We, did we call this last week or the week before? I can't quite remember, but. We saw this because of Zevlor making some movements happening. But the card that uh, I want to bring up is Worst Fears. I am so happy to see this card popping up again. I think it was a week last week or two weeks ago. And I think we also brought it up here in Ban as well. Because we have a watch list, by the way, for those who are not in Ban. That allows us to communicate actively. Hey, this is a spec that's either actively moving now or... It's going to be moving soon. We strongly recommend it. And it's a very high percentage that we call it right. And it's been great. So anyway, worst fears, we're seeing movement. It's doubled from like either from last week because last week it was like three, three and a half dollars. Now it's seven, seven and a half, even up to eight dollars. I would argue it still has a little bit more room to growth. I could say it could even go up to ten dollars. But I'll go ahead and repeat what I said before. This is a car that has a single printing. It is from a set that wasn't very well opened has a unique effect that only a very few cards exist have, which is taking control of an opponent's turn. And 
It's just a great fun card. Now I know other content creators have called it, uh, including uh, uh, Jason Alden. I want to say his name is from Brainstorm Brewery. Mm-hmm. I know other content creators have called it. I think we called it first because we're awesome. But I digress. First doesn't matter unless you're pride. Like you know, if, it's, if it was a good call then, it still is one now. It's just the way it shakes out sometimes. Yeah, it's like yeah. pride calls it first. Then ban calls it as a whole. And then everybody else is, you know, on the internet. It's like, ooh, good idea. <laughs> um, so chain of command, am I right? But yeah, worst fears, great card. It's seeing movement. I think it's going to continue to see movement. This card could go up to $20. I wouldn't hold my breath. But we're seeing movement. Could still see movement. What are your guys' thoughts? You know, I, I ended up picking up a few copies a week and a half ago. I $1.50 a piece. I'm I'm just going to sell into the hype. As soon as they get here, I'm going to list them at about the $17 mark and just get them out the door. It's one of those cards that is going to drain really quick, but it's still on TCG Direct. You can still sell them right there. So we're just going to get in and out of this really quick. I have no desire to hold on to cards like Worst Fears, but you know it's a whole lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and you know I'll be very honest. I haven't moved on this card at all because this is one where you've got to be i think kind of quick on or you basically i think the window by and large has passed which is kind of the coward's way out because i missed it from the start this is i think kind of tying into what you said ken there is just this is one where you have to basically get in and out because if you don't catch kind of the the hype cycle for it now there's, there's no telling how long you're going to be holding it so this would be just one that I would recommend uh, moving while it's still the flavor of the month. Yeah, I would say, though, that I think this card could last longer than the flavor of the month. But I would say at the same time, once we see a reprint of this, this thing is done for. I think the biggest thing that's propping this up is because it is a single printing card that a lot of the new players like. So what you're saying is it dies to Deathblade. Mm. <laughs> Actually, this <laughs> one does not. Uh... <laughs> I mean, reprint. The threat of reprint is Deathblade in my mind. That's very different from Doomblade. Yeah. Speaking of Deathblade, there is a creature that does die to Deathblade. I believe you've got a spec yourself, Wolf. Look at this. This this man's transitions are becoming silky smooth, and I'm not going to let him have it. But he's right. <laughs> oh, come on. That's that's, that's <laughs> Sentinel uh, out of Modern Horizons Two. So. I noticed that this one, it's still in the top 30 products in, on TCG Play for the past three weeks in terms of producing revenue. So it's actually number 28, but that's also comparing it with both sealed and singles. The interesting thing is that it's actually dropped in value from $28 to $22. And I'll be very honest, I was going to basically just point out that, you know, this is the Magician's Assistant. Baldur's Gate has finally pushed Modern Horizons from being king of the hill, just in terms of like consistent product sales, which is actually insane for a product that came out last summer to, to have legs until this far into the next year. But we're finally seeing it. And I would have stopped there, but somebody else put, is this the case for all of Modern Horizons 2? And so with that... Stole my question. Uh, <laughs> I should have I put it in black. I, d- I didn't know who wrote it. I apologize. <laughs> Whoops. It's true. It's happening to all of Modern Horizons 2. And I'm going to just cite off a few here and hopefully I won't get too boring. But just to show what's currently happening, 
Raghavan, nimble pilfer, went from 78 down to 70. Esper Sentinel, 28 to 22. Urza's Saga went from 35 down to 32. These are all smallish gains. Verdant Catacombs went from 45 to 36. We see there are still some upticks. I mean, uh, what do you call it? Manufacturer Academy. I apologize if I got that title wrong, but that one is still, you know, doing well. But just on a whole, all of the prices for Modern Horizons 2 are deflating. And they're all going down despite the fact that people are still buying them at a very similar rate to what they have been in the past. So I would say this is probably a decent time to begin contemplating getting in on Modern Horizons 2 if you weren't buying the sealed on the deals or you don't already have stacks. This is this is the this is the bear market for Modern Horizons 2. So if you've got buying power and you believe in a couple of these, you know, dodging Deathblade aka reprints, uh, I think now is becoming a pretty good time to to look into stacks of these and bricks. I agree. Yeah. It's it's time to start looking at long-term holds for Modern Horizons 2 because the the next sets that are coming out are Double Masters 2. I I don't think we're going to see many reprints for Modern Horizons 2 in there, but it's definitely going to continue to dampen the pricing on all the cards from Modern Horizons 2. Yeah, I think honestly a lot of these cards, and I would even say some of the like cheaper cards have been, have been just cheap for way too long. The uh, a legendary green-white creature that is like super solid for enchantments. Sithis, there we go. Discord, you guys are the best. Don't tell the others. Sithis, for example, I think is another card that's on the lower tier that's just way undervalued. And I think there's a lot of stuff on that tier as well. I mean, I think overall, I think the set is undervalued. It's a good time to start buying up bricks and then just toss it in the closet for six, you know, and check every six months. And, you know, this is kind of the, I would say, kind of more of a traditional way of looking at sets. I'm I'm very lazy. The important thing, too, is I'm, I'm going to recommend bricks and stacks. Keep in mind, as the demand now falls off of Modern Horizons 2, your precision has to be very good because eventually the rate at which people are buying from this set will diminish and if you've got a brick make sure you're you've got your buy list out in the back of your mind if you go deeper than four to eight copies with that said my other the other card that i've got here is lier liar lier i'm gonna say lier disciple of the drowned and for those of you who don't know, this is a card actually out of Midnight Hunt. It's three colorless, two blue pips, a legendary creature, human wizard. Uh, spells can't be countered. Each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard has flashback. That flashback's cost is equal to that card's mana cost. And this card, I want to bring it up specifically because it's one of my favorites. Uh, when this happens, is it's at parity with Bylist. Pretty much the top 50 sellers on TCG players should go to Card Kingdom's buy list and sell it to them. Not only that, but the buy list growth uh, on my, my nanobots, as Pride calls them, my, my forecasting tool, is absolutely in love with this card. So uh, I'm chalking it up to being uh, basically spell slingers. I've seen some, uh, some themes around that coming up, and it seems like a solid inclusion as well as possibly commander. I think it's entirely EDH-based, but... Anytime where I start seeing the buy list to consistently go over the market price and then on off days it's still at parity, it's just one of those cards that I I will make the assumption that it should age pretty well with that kind of backing. <laughs> Spell slingers. Pew pew pew. America. So the question I have is, is this better than Cass? 
or or is this just a, a budget spell slinger commander? Uh, I mean, the thing I don't know. I definitely want this in there with Kess, but I'm you know I'm not necessarily a um, a player by any means. This is probably a question. I would say, what do you have any thoughts on it? Because I mean, I can give my opinion, but I don't think my opinion is well structured. Yeah, I would say Kess. I think is still the better choice, and honestly, the biggest reason is because of the colors. Uh, Lear is great, but Lear is only blue. So without being Grixis, that means you don't have access to cards like Dark Ritual or, you know, a lot of the tutors like Demonic Tutor, I guess Gamble. So I would say, like, it's a good solid card, but I think it fits better with the 99 with Kess versus being a commander by itself. I wouldn't say it's a bad commander, but uh, if you're looking for a good solid, you know, CEDH commander that does spell slinging i would still go with kess over lear but again like i said lear is still very solid ability is amazing otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it and it's also 10 times the price point of kess so yeah kess is like a dollar cents. maybe i was trying to give her at least a little a little respect I mean, not like, you know, $10 like one financer thought it'd become. But. <laughs> well, uh, with, with that being said, I think, Ken, you've got, uh, you've got some cards here that you wanted to talk about. Well, I, I'm just going back to, to the main thing. Real estate, real estate, real estate, location, location, location. We're in New Capenna. Trilands are unbelievable. I didn't expect them to hold their price. I expected them to start dipping right away, but they've they've continued to hold their price. They've continued to do well across the board. I'm just looking at them right now in the fifteen to twenty dollar range for the for the borderless. And then I just find it really interesting that these cards are not dropping like the previous sets. Trilands when when those came out, you could find them for under ten bucks. These you can't. They're really cool looking trilands. They have very good art and they're just not dropping in price. They are selling actively. In fact, when we take a look at our our sales reports, they're they're the top 10 sellers across the board for the past week. Now, I wish I could find them for much cheaper, but I can't. So I don't know what to tell you. Just keep an eye on them. If there's this demand much demand right now, I'm wondering what's going to happen in the fall when everything rotates. I'm also wondering what's going to happen in the coming weeks and months as standard starts picking up again, because right now we're seeing a pioneer push, but I expect us to see a standard push when the next round of RCQs starts popping up. People are going to get back into standard and it's just going to create an interesting demand across the board. Well, so Ken, you, you're talking about the Trilands and and you mentioned uh, basically a difference with Ikoria and I, I, you have a well-structured opinion on this because I've done quite a okay. bit of research on these. I'm interested in hearing that because I, I really thought they'd be a $5 card. So I, my assumption is that when Akoria came out, the Trilands looked really inconspicuous. We've seen a lot of like the Tango lands, the you know dual lands, etc. And um, most of the time, these cards really didn't hold... The value, they weren't really a selling point, but I think you know, whatever the feature is, maybe it's fetchable, it's got all the land types, uh, it's got the cycling, whatever whatever it is, the combination of them, uh, it, they were really severely undervalued with Ikoria. 
And because it was the first time we'd seen them, we basically uh, tried to compare it against an improper uh, category. And so what ended up happening is sold very, very well, but they sold together and they also move inventory really well. I've mentioned this uh, analysis that I did a long time ago, looking at what everybody on TCG Player is buying in their basket at the same time. And obviously, uh, to the shock and surprise of nobody, uh, Fetchlands ruled the day. And I thought that was such a boring find. So I removed Fetchlands from the data and the number one group that had such a, just had really strong sell power, like being sold together and just driving the sales of other surrounding cards were the Triomes out of Ikoria. They were basically second only to the Fetchlands for selling together with themselves multiple copies and different color pairings, as well as pulling along other inventory in the same basket. So I think what we're seeing, and this is kind of like industry, quote unquote, inside knowledge, but if you're selling a lot of cards, if you're a bigger seller, you're going to see this. I mean, there's a reason why uh, on the finance side, everybody's like, yeah, Fetchlands are always a slam dunk if you can get them a good margin because they sell together quickly and they move other inventory. Triumphs follow that same pattern. So now I think we're seeing the vendors right from the start. They're not underestimating these anymore. They know they move inventory and they know they'll have a strong selling profile. So it makes sense to me that they are also the ones buying up stacks while they think it's a good price because they know it's going to move inventory down the line and for them churn is everything so i think this is a just a straight case of basically larger sellers and those with deeper pockets who are in the game to churn inventory took note from icoria and they weren't going to basically let these cards lose that kind of value again because they they've seen from their sales data since Iomes, they sell really, really well. And so, and especially too, if they can hold it at these upper price point, the sky's the limit for Icoria ones as well. And I think they will age well. Yeah, I think it's a lot of like price memory. It's like, it's interesting because these cards just came out like a month ago. And, but these cards already have an immense price memory because of the Triumph. So, yeah, it makes sense that they're holding at the price that they're at right now because of where the Triumphs are at. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And I think like, because we've even talked, because Ken, you even talked about like that, if this was down to like three, four or five bucks, time to buy stacks. But I think this is kind of a common mindset for everybody in MTG Finance, where it's like, okay, we know what these cards are capable of, even if it is like a bit heavier printed. Yeah, some of the big box crackers still have stacks of stacks of these triomes at priced at about nine to ten bucks right now but where do they go from here that's our main question so you can get regular copies for for under 10 bucks but the fancy ones you're looking at 18 to 20 uh to get in and then you you start picking out your favorite colors and all of a sudden well there goes the pricing something interesting to think about if you get these, crack them in a pack. It's an automatic double up for the pack. You sell every all the other chaff to buy list and you get a little bit extra. But do you really want to be cracking packs for, for Trilands? It's a serious question that we have to ask. Well, gentlemen, do you have anything else uh, that you would like to add today? Uh, when are we as ban actually going to have our own coffee? Because I think that'd be kind of cool. As soon as we go back to office. 
Needs help oh, for uh, those your those EU guys. Just had to throw out the idea out there. Yeah, I like coffee. Me too. Wolf doesn't though. That's all right. I want to thank everybody for joining us today. Thank you for taking time to join us on Breakfast with Ben. This is our short form cast. You can join us next week for our long form. We're going to have at it with a number of different topics next week. But even today, we want to remind you that we talked about some of the things that were were happening in the world of collectible finance, tournament play, the streets of New Capenna, and the commanders that were driving cards very well as well as some of the movements that we're seeing across the board. So I want to thank you for taking time today and ask that you would join us again next week or join us even today via the Patreon or on Twitter via MTG underscore ban or visit our website and you'll be directed to everything, mtgban.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, guys. America.